This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Resource Center, the show where we discuss the tools and techniques you need to be at the forefront of the ever-evolving world of business. This is Audrey Raj. Now, in the past year, human resource leaders or HR leaders have played quite a big role in adapting their organization's workforce to the unforeseen changes brought about by the global pandemic. And I'm not just talking about work from home or remote meetings here. And while these changes have been hard, fast and sometimes disorientating, uh, we understand that more changes are on the horizon. So we have on the show with us today, Shamini and Jacob, Executive Director of People and Change Advisory at KPM in Malaysia and she's going to try to calm us down calm me down specifically I think I need it and uh, talk us through these imminent changes to the way we work future challenges in the world of work and how HR leaders can hopefully help soften the impact Shamini welcome to Resource Centre Hi everyone Uh, my name is Shamini Ann Jacob I'm an executive director in KPMG Malaysia My portfolio is I look after the people and change uh, practice in Malaysia and basically as the name suggests, we do uh, anything and everything related with people and change. So things like organization design, talent management, workforce optimization and obviously behavioral change management is also a big thing that we do in my team. So let's start off with a look back at the year that was. You know, how do you think companies and specifically HR functions are faring so far this year? You know, have HR, uh, HRM teams uh, gotten into the groove of things yet? So um, KPMG, we uh, we recently did a global survey and we asked that specific question, and most have fared fairly well. And there were actually three. Um, things that they have actually done to make sure that they are in line with what's happening and they are actually uh, focusing on what needs to be focused. Uh, The first one is they have actually prioritized safeguard to safeguard the experience and well-being of employees. Now, what basically this means is because I'm working from home, I don't know what's happening in the office. I don't know Mm. what's happening in the wider scheme of things. So by safeguarding the experience and the well-being of the um, employees, what that basically means is I I need to become more transparent. There needs to be more open communications, you know, so there's uh, instead of sending an email, chat with them, call them up and make sure that things are going well. And last but not least, uh, very important is to actually listen and respond to what people want. So it's not just a matter of, I hear you, but I'm not doing anything. I need to hear you as well as respond to what you're asking me to do as well. So that's the first thing, you know, safeguarding the experience and well-being. Second thing is there has been a need to redefine the culture of an organization. And a lot of HR companies are actually doing that as well. Now, what this basically means is um, previously face-to-face. You know, so the way I interact with you when I am face to face with you is very different from us being on a phone call or even now talking via this uh, podcast. You know, so what happens there is I cannot read your body language well. I cannot read uh, certain aspects of things as well. So what then needs to happen is 
the whole culture of the way I interact also needs to change. And what that means is redefining instead of face-to-face, what does this online mechanism look like? And how do I actually talk to you? You know, there are certain organizations that insist on switching on their camera when they go in for certain meetings. So what is your new culture within your organization? And at the end of the day, that whole digital mindset, working virtually as well as being agile in adapting to not just what you need, but also what the people around you need becomes key as well. And the third thing is the whole reskilling and upskilling your people as well, your employees as well. So what does that mean? There are a lot of people that are not as IT savvy as they should be. So there's been that whole learning curve that needed to happen. And HR has had to make sure that their people get up to speed as fast as possible so that the productivity is not uh, affected at the end of the day. So those were the top three things that HR has actually had to do over the last few years. And the survey was done on companies. Uh, were they mid-sized to large organizations? Or did they also SMEs include and uh, SMEs, SMEs and above? above. And right. as I mentioned, it was a global survey. So we got, I think if I remember correctly, globally, we got uh, more than a thousand respondents actually. Hmm. Yeah. I want to come back to that second point about redefining culture and doing this uh, somewhat under pressure and not from the most ideal uh, circumstances, you know, because you're not really sat in a room. Many organizations have worked uh, over the years to try and perfect uh, their culture, to sculpt uh, a culture that works for their workforce, right? Mm -hmm. And then now to do this overnight during the pandemic while most of your teams are having to work from home and the challenges that comes from remote working as well. Um, Can you talk to us about what that process was like? So, So if you think about culture, it's basically how I interact with you in the organization and also how do I interact with my clients and so on. And that that's what basically constitutes a, a organizational culture. Now that I need to work from home, pretty much all alone in my room with uh, no physical contact, sometimes with anyone in the office, uh, what that actually means is how do I still maintain that culture that I uh, have within my organization where, where I'm people centric, where I'm customer centric and so on? How do I make sure that still happens? to my people while they're working from home. Uh, To give you an example, uh, I've got about 20 people in my team. Some of them uh, only have uh, have rented rooms here in KL. So the only thing they see is the four walls. So how do I make sure that they are motivated and they continue to give me their best and continue to do the work while remaining sane? You know, so it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult maintaining that. You know, so what we've ended up having to do is to actually increase the communication, the formal communications that I have. Previously, they could just walk into my room and I would deal with whatever issue they have. Now my MS Teams is on twenty four seven for them. Mm. My WhatsApp is on twenty four seven for them, as well as I have dedicated time slots for my team to actually talk to me, you know, and it's not just me, the entire organization has done things like that as well. 
you know, so that constant communication, telling people that we know you're there, you're still alive and we still care about you, then becomes part of this new culture that we need to work for. You know, and that's what HR has tried to do in a big way. So I just look after my small team. HR ends up having to look after the entire organization, you know, and depending on the size of your organization, that can mean just a simple email or simple, I'm here, so call me if you have any problems, or something more drastic like having regular calls, regular meetings, and not just with HR, but with management as well. Hmm. Now, Shamini, uh, based on the HR Pulse survey uh, that was done, the challenges that the pandemic has had on HR function, are there any opportunities uh, in there as well? Because they say, you know, with every crisis comes opportunities, right? So are there any opportunities that uh, HR leaders can capitalize on? So, So a lot of the companies and a lot of our clients, one of the things that they've actually done is to relook at their workforce you know, to talk about what is key and what is actually needed. Uh, top three things, again, uh, what, we've, uh, what we found from the survey. Uh, number one is 13% uh, of workforce is estimated to become redundant. So what that means, it's not job losses. It just means the position is no longer re uh, needed so what you need to do is to relook at your workforce and align it to the business needs and environment. So we already know these positions are no longer needed in the organization. So what is needed in the organization? If you think about it, when you say no to something, that means you need to say yes to something else. So what is that yes? That is what you need to find out. Yes, positions may be redundant, but it also means it needs to be replaced with new ones. So what are those new positions that your organization needs? All right, so that's number one. Number two is how 30% of the workforce actually estimated, even once uh, this COVID-19 pandemic has been resolved with the vaccines coming in and all that, people are still going to continue to work remotely. Because a lot of organizations have actually said working from home works for their environment. So they want to continue working this whole work from home concept. So what does that mean? It means you now need to set up a hybrid model for your organization. Partial working from home, partial coming back into the office. So what does that mean? And then goes back to culture again. It means now you've got a half and half. You've got hybrids. So how does that work for your culture? That also becomes key. So how do you work? make that work? Second opportunity. So now your third opportunity then becomes to make sure that your redundant positions are filled with new positions. You need to reinvent your culture. What does that mean for your people? There's a whole lot of reskilling and upskilling that needs to happen. So there's a whole lot of training elements that need to happen as well. And what does training mean? I can't get you all into a classroom. So e-learning, virtual trainings need to happen. So what does that mean? It's very easy if it's in a classroom, I can read the people and I can see if they're getting tired or fed up. 
If I'm virtually online, I can't tell you that. So I need to make my courses exciting. I need to make sure that people are engaged for that eight hours that I have you for a day. You know, so how do I do that? How do I instill uh, excitement? How do I instill that want to learn behavior when I'm online with you? You know, so upskilling and reskilling also becomes important for HR as well. So All the right. three opportunities are very, very key, and there's a lot for HR to do at the end of the day. All right. On that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break now for some messages. But when we come back, what HR leaders can do to help navigate this next normal in the workplace. All that and more coming up on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Beautiful, festive moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Resource Centre. My name is Audrey Raj. Online with me right now is Shamani Ann Jacob. She's the Executive Director of People and Change Advisory at KPMG in Malaysia. Uh, Shamani, I, I'm going to ask you a bit of a personal question now. Uh, remote working was part of the new norm last year and you know we all got to try it as a nation collectively, also as global citizens. Um, and now people are saying that remote work is here to stay and before the Break, you were talking to us about how 30 was it 30 percent uh, of your workforce will most probably uh, need to be hybrid would have to have the option of working remotely how are you enjoying remote working um, <laughs> so I live in a home environment so I'm actually enjoying working from home to a certain extent you know I've got a nice garden outside that I usually sit there with my dogs in the evening and I've also increased my Cuisine, you know, I, I love cooking, so I'm doing a lot of that. Uh, mm. My brother is complaining that he's putting on weight, but that's another <laughs> story, you know. But yeah, I so I am actually enjoying work from home, and I, I think a lot of people are, you know, because it gets them closer to the family as well. So totally yeah. enjoying working from home. Not looking forward to the jams, actually. <laughs> Oh, yes. Let's not talk about the traffic. <laughs> so so considering that the government has already begun the vaccine rollout, uh, what do you think about remote working? Is it here to stay? I'm not talking about the 30%, the hybrid. I'm talking about like full-on remote working, working from home. Do you think it's here to stay? So, Audrey, if you think about it, whilst our government has actually started rolling out the vaccines, realistically, you're looking at another year before things go back to normal. And I'm putting it in inverted quotes, normal, because you're never going to go back to what it was uh, pre-COVID-19. You know, it, it's never going to go back to that. There's always going to... COVID-19 is, to a certain extent, almost here to say, even with the vaccines. you We really don't know what's going to happen. You know, and as I mentioned earlier... Uh, a lot of companies are actually looking to see how work from home can actually become permanent. And there's a reason for that as well, because number one is people are actually finding out working from home is fun. You know, they can actually manage their times a lot better. And that is something that organizations need to help individuals with this as well. Okay, now the other thing uh, that happens is 
there are actually potential savings for the organization as well, because then they need a smaller office space. You know, so there is reduced office space and reduced office rental, you know, and, and that to a certain extent reduces their operating expense as well. You know, so is work from home here to stay? Yes, it is. I think there are a lot of companies that are trying to adapt it and make it more permanent. And you also see like large MNCs like Facebook, Slack, Infosys, you know, there's a whole list of them that have all allowed their workforce to work from home permanently. They've already made the announcement that work from home is here to stay. You know, so if some organizations can, I'm not saying all organizations can actually do this, you know, but it's something that most organizations can actually consider. Hmm. Now, I'm just thinking about a couple of years back when IBM said that um, they're going to implement work from home permanently. And then two years later, if I'm not mistaken, or three years later, they decided, no, you know, we need that collaborative spirit. And so they came back into the office. And then the pandemic happened and then they reverted back. And there are many companies that, you know, ding-dong this way when it came to, to working from home. I'm just wondering, is it always going to be the case of the grass is greener on the other side? Um, you know, and and I guess the hybrid model is possibly uh, the best way to, to move forward for most organizations right now? So I don't think there's a best way that we can generalize in into the public you know, I think it. Uh, at the end of the day, it really depends on your organization and what your organization does. Now, why some fail and some uh, have it made, there's a lot of factors that play into it. Number one is obviously the culture. Number two is, uh, apart from the culture, you also need to look at your infrastructure. How good is your infrastructure to support this working from home permanent uh, completely or the hybrid model, you know, so how does that work for your infrastructure? KPMG also, we're half and half, you know, so, uh, there are a lot of people that go into the office simply because they like it. And some of them go into the office because it makes life easier for them to work from the office. Okay. Now, does that mean it's the right model? It's working for KPMG. So now you need to ask yourself what works for your organization. Two main things, the culture and with the culture, obviously, comes the people. And the second one is, is your infrastructure ready to support such things as well? Also, the job requirements, right? That's yeah, the other yeah. thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, job requirements goes without saying. You So the example I always like to give is, you can't have a car salesman working from home. Mm. <laughs> you know, so and, yeah. and that's a perfect example because there are some jobs where you have to sit in the office. You have you can't have a factory worker sitting at home and working because the factory is somewhere else. You know, so what does that mean for your organization? That's why a lot of companies are saying the hybrid model is more suited for them. Some jobs you need to go into office. Some jobs you can stay at home. So what does that mean for your organization and how do you split that as well becomes mm. key? So, Shamini, obviously, the needs of the workforce have certainly changed uh, as a result of COVID-19. Uh, this has also changed the requirements of HR as well. But will the required um, 
HR skill set now need to change in order to cater to um, the next normal of the workforce? Yeah, so I think that's a definite, uh, Audrey, at the end of the day, uh, if your HR doesn't change with the time, it means they're going to still be doing things the way it was before. And they're not going to be there for you. Okay, HR at the end of the day is there to help the workforce. And if the workforce evolves, HR also then needs to evolve. Um, Again, uh, going back to the HR Pulse survey that KPMG did, uh, there were five things that we identified that HR must start doing. Uh, First one is we need to start thinking about transformational learning. And this is where we're talking about the upskilling and reskilling that I was talking about earlier. So e-learnings are there, but now we're going into virtual learnings. So HR needs to be equipped to make sure that e-learning and this virtual learning learning happens in your organization. How does that work in your uh, organization? And that then helps us with the whole employee engagement and retention as well, right? Second one, we need to make sure that performance and productivity is managed. Okay, now what that means is how do we empower our people to recognize, manage, and provide clarity on what needs to be done? Yes, everyone's got KPIs. Yes, everyone knows that this is my job and this is what I need to do. But when I'm working alone at home, who needs to remind me? How do I get reminded that these are my KPIs, that these are what I'm hoping to achieve within my organization. Okay, so HR then needs to make sure performance and productivity is up there. Okay, now how does that happen? Okay, empowering employees is one way. What else can we do? Number three, workforce forecasting. You know, as I said just now, you know, uh, what's happening within the organization, there are certain roles that are going to change. So how does HR then make sure the organization has the right people at the right time? One is recruitment. The other one is retaining the talents that I already have. Number three, upskilling, reskilling then becomes key as well. So in order to be able to know all that, I need to know what's changing so that I can forecast better and make sure the people are there when the organization needs them. The fourth point is, managing multiple employee value proposition. Previously, we just had to work with generational gaps, you know, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, you know, there's a whole lot of other alphabets that are coming in now. Yeah. Right? So now the question then, it was difficult enough having to deal with all these generations. Now you've got these generations that you have to deal with, plus the whole working from home. Mm, mm. Okay. Now, I'm not married, so I've got no kids, but I live with my extended family. So, and I mean, my nephew and niece are big now, so no problem. But I've been on calls where suddenly there's a baby screaming, you know, suddenly there's a knock on the door. I've got a 90-year-old aunt that lives down the road from me, and I've got a sign outside my door that says, please do not enter or knock, (laughs) specifically for her. The rest of my family members know when they hear me talking not to come in, not my aunt. So how do you deal with things like that? What can HR do to help all these little, little nuances that have crept into this whole new 
way of working. You know, so it becomes a problem, especially when it's affecting me and I don't have a solution because the government has said I need to stay at home and I'm trying to obey the government to make sure that the pandemic is uh, contained, you know, but at the same time, I need to continue working without having all these interruptions. So what can HR do? That becomes a key question as well. You're going to say something? I was just going to say that I face similar challenges when I work from home as well, but I never thought that it would be the job of HR to help me in those situations or, you know, but I guess, you know, some suggestions uh, or, you know, just having a quick briefing on the kind of things that you can do to ensure that working from home is manageable for, for you or for your employees would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not expecting uh, HR to solve all my problems, but at least bounce off some ideas. So again, if I'm if I'm using KPMG as an example, uh, our HR has made a whole lot of suggestions on things that we can do and, you know, how we can manage our time and get this whole work-life balance. Because now if you think about it, my home is my work, you know, so where's the balance? You know, and there are a lot of suggestions. If you Google it, there's like 101 things that come out, you know. So of those 101 things, what works for you? HR is there to help you decide, okay? But they, they're not there to, solve. like I said, not help there to solve all your problems, but they are there to help you, you know. So how does that work? There was this one organization, the name slips me at this point, but when this whole work from home happened, they sent ergo chairs to all their employees. It was a small company, so they were able to do it, you know, but is that something that other organizations can do? I don't know, but that's one of the ways that HR has helped. So what else can HR do? Right. Shamini, um, just before I let you off the hook, um, I think it needs to be said that uncertainty and change can make uh, some people nervous <laughs> or, or anxious. Uh, so if you're an HR leader, uh, what are some of the steps that you can take to help your employees and, and your organization navigate successfully uh, in this new work reality that's um, on the horizon? So, so Audrey, if you think about it, everyone is struggling now. You know, uh, some have coped a lot better than others, but even the ones that are coping with this new reality are still having some form of struggles. I, I'll use me as an example. With this new way of working, I sit at home, I start work at 8.30, and I have back-to-back meetings sometimes. I, I counted one day. I had nine uh, calls, official calls in my invite. And in between those calls, my team kept, you know, calling me and saying, boss, can I have a chat with you now? Boss, I need your thoughts on this, you know. So in between all these official calls, I had another five or six calls in between. So I had 15 calls in a day. For HR to help me, they need to understand that work-life balance has become even more important. You know, I've got friends who call me and tell me things like, Shamni, you're so lucky you don't have any small children in your homes. And then in the meantime, I can hear the kid knocking, going, Papa, let me in, Mama, let me in. You know, and that's the reality of things. So how can HR help? How can 
HR help with this whole vulnerable and intricate and complex phase of life that we are in at this at the end of the day. Number one is make sure that your employees have a consistent work experience working from home. So make it as easy as possible. I want to use my family as an example. I've got a very large extended family, you know, so I've got uncles and aunts and cousins who are at top management level. I've also got nephews and nieces who have just joined the workforce. So I get both sides, you know. I've got my uncles, aunts and cousins who are complaining about people not working. They say they're working, but they're actually not working. I know they're sleeping. <laughs> and then I've got my nephews and nieces who call me up and go, Adishamni, my boss has no respect for me. He called me at nine o'clock and expects me to work. You know, so what is work-life balance? And HR needs to be there to remind both sides, working hours is 8.30 to 5.30, you need to allow them flexibility if you cannot control them. At the end of the day, they need to be working for eight hours. So have set meetings where you can monitor them, but at the same time, empower them, trust them to make sure that they're doing work. So that's one of the roles that KHR can definitely play. You know, reminding people that work-life balance is still needed or in fact, it's needed even more now because we're working from home. Okay, that's number one. Number two, encouraging productivity. How do you encourage productivity? So it goes back to what I just said. Work-life balance, I should work eight hours a day. I wish I can work eight hours a day, but sometimes I need to work 10 hours a day. So there needs to be a give and take. So how does HR help me manage that as well? That's the second point. And the last one is rebuilding and reskilling to make sure that my people are equipped in this new uncertainty. Uh, last year, I think it was uh, when uh, this whole MCO started, KPNG, we did a public survey. And one of the things, and there were like about 3,000 respondents from Malaysia. This was a Malaysian survey that we did. And in that survey, one of the things we found was the young ones adapted to this digital era a lot faster than the older ones, you know. And, and again, HR then need to make, needs to make sure that your people are comfortable with this new technology. Before this, if you ask me, uh, Shamni, what uh, the various online calls that you know. I think WebEx was the only one that we used to use. Today, I'm using Zencaster, which is a new thing for me. Uh, Zoom is there, MS Office is there, MS Teams is there, Blue Jeans, you know, you name it, there's 101 uh, platforms out there. So which are you most comfortable with? Obviously, there is that, but then that sometimes you're going to have to use things that you're not comfortable with because your clients are using it. Or someone wants to call you and he goes, well, I don't know how to use MS Teams. I only know this other one. So you have to adapt. And again, HR needs to make sure that I have the skills. At the end of the day, it sounds like I'm asking HR to do a lot. you know. It, but actually, I don't think we are. What I am saying is HR has a role to play in the organization. 
and that is to make sure that my people are engaged, are motivated, or help engage and motivate my people. And there's a lot of ways to do that. That's what we're saying HR needs to do at the end of the day. All right. Shamini, uh, thank you so much for that. And if our listeners would like more information on the HR Pulse survey that we've been talking about today, is there somewhere, uh, a website that they can go to to access this report? Yeah. Uh, so they can actually go to the KPMG website, www.kpmg.com.my. You can go on that website and go into our People and Change and you should be able to see the survey there. If not, there is a contact us in that website. Just click on that and tell them they want the survey and I'll make sure someone from my team sends it to them. Right. Thank you for your time, Shamini. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've been speaking with Shamini and Jacob, Executive Director of People and Change Advisory at KPMG. Now, if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website, bfm.my. You can also find our podcast on the BFM app, on iTunes or on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast fix. My name is Audrey Raj. Thank you for listening. Catch you again next week. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.